Night Whispers. It's a hobby. So what's yours? Resurrection. Night Whispers, November 5th, How to Get High, and your dream word tonight is goodness. Psalm 107 verse 25 to 32 reads like this, For he commands and raises the stormy wind, which lifts up the waves of the sea. They mount up to the heavens, they go down to the depths. Their soul melts because of trouble, they reel to and fro, and stagger like a drunken man, and are at their wit's end. Then they cry out to the Lord in their trouble, and he brings them out of their distresses. He calms the storm, so that its waves are still. Then they are glad because they are quiet, so he guides them to their desired haven. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness, and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Let them exalt him also in the assembly of the people, and praise him in the company of the elders. Standing on the warm beach and looking at the deep blue ocean, lapping against the distant horizon and splashing up against the far-stretched clouds sinking with the setting sun, the sea looks beautiful and inviting, even an all-enfolding loveliness. For on the warm land, looking out at that immeasurable coldness, you can still feel secure, steady, rock-like and safe. Now then, climb aboard a small yacht and set sail for a day or two into the deep blue and its vastness becomes seemingly infinite, seemingly never-ending, eternally dangerous, deep, sucking, scary. And I tell you, once you're there as a small bobbing speck in the middle of that desert of blue water, you feel anything but safe. I tell you, when a storm comes up across the Bay of Biscay and stirs the deep beneath into a leaping hunter, a Force 9 howler even, then the insignificance of your little self against the roaring of so great a watery and all-consuming lion makes you feel less than nothing. An angry voice, maybe. A frightened one, even. But nevertheless, at best, simply a small dot of dust trodden on by gigantic actors of thunder and lightning who are both fighting hot, living violently, and screaming their way into a fiery death upon a vast eternal stage, each one playing out a story of cosmic and multidimensional proportions, to which, in light of the conflict above, which is stirring the depths upon whose surface you are now so frighteningly trying to stay alive, you may seem to be less than an insignificant worm. In the same way, I tell you that the more I read the Bible, the more days I set out to see upon this deep and never-ending story of God, if you will, this narrative, this journey, this revelation of the Most High, and all of these revealed players and their decisions, even a whole kit and caboodle of it all becomes to me nothing short of terrifying. For the Bible, the very Word of God, is the most troubling book that has ever been written. And if you disagree with me here then, friend, I don't think you've even begun to read it. It was Frank Cottrell Boyce who wrote the screenplay for the BBC. BBC's television drama God on Trial. 
may I say that it is a quite brilliant and terrifying performance piece. For the screenplay wrestles with the deep question we all have on our hearts, which is this. Why do bad things happen to good people? Or better still, how can a good God allow so much suffering in the world? That 90-minute play has the unpacking of these questions take place amongst a group of inmates in Auschwitz, just hours before half of them shall be murdered. Cottrell himself confesses that his seemingly invulnerable Catholic faith was beaten black and blue as he wrote the screenplay. The possibility of prisoners in Auschwitz concentration camp actually putting God on trial is rooted in an apocryphal story from World War II. To it, the Auschwitz survivor and writer Eli Weissel gives some credence to when he made the statement that God was hanged on the gallows in Auschwitz. In the play God on Trial, the closing statement made by the prosecutor is this, God is not good, he is just powerful. Once upon a time he was on our side and now he's on the side of the Nazis. God is not good. He is simply all-powerful. God is guilty of breaking his covenant with us. At this point, God is then pronounced guilty of the charge. The narrative and supposition of Cottrell's screenplay can be biblically contested at every God-damning point. But that's not the point. The point tonight is that on this great sea of history which we find ourselves floating upon, the storms of our own life stir up the dregs of our days, and from the sin-matted mud... The festering odour of the foul stench of that constant and unremitting theme, exuded daily from it, always runs gangrene-like along the ground, proclaiming to one and all, and to the delight of the devil himself especially, that God is not good. The truth is that as individuals and communities, as nations and now even as continents and soon, maybe sooner than we dare to think, even as the whole world, we are putting the God of the Bible on trial and finding him guilty today. And so much so that the whole world together in their hearts are now singing in condemning proclamation like some vast accusing choir, condemning God regarding his seeming failings and his dreadful lack of goodness and bolstering that old and ancient lie that God is not good. Let me say, I have no doubt, unfortunately, that if I had been in Auschwitz, I would have put God on trial and found him guilty as well. Good grief, I've put God on trial for far less in my own life. And often enough, it has been in the comparative kind kindergarten picnics of my life when compared to that most terrible place of Auschwitz. How about you? Even so, whether in the terrors of Auschwitz or the comforts of Ipswich, this most sinful full singing just has to stop for God is good my friends if we dare we need to truly get to grips with the whole Bible even that awesome meta-narrative of his great redemptive story and also we need to see the true states of our God-condemning heart when we do so we need to wake up to the old lie whispered by the devil since Eden's paradise was lost which is even today embedded I say embedded in our very genes yes we need to grow up regarding this ancient lie and be honest with ourselves and get real with the magnificence of God for that old lie that God is not good has robbed so many of us of so much hope and faith and joy that it saddens me to think of it. Yes, we need to set our bow of faith towards the great horizon of his all-consuming love. And with the courage of belief, we need to set sail across the turbulent deeps of all of life's waiting blues. For sure, this is a terrifying journey across the wild seas of temptations and the deepest oceans of doubt, but I tell you that it is a journey into God that we shall indeed find not only to be so very powerful, 
but also to be so very wonderfully good. Therefore, stop believing the old lie, stop the sinning song, and do so by both inwardly condemning the lie and outwardly proclaiming God's goodness through living in expectant joy. I mean, smile, yes, smile, and in this veil of tears, embrace suffering, whilst also enjoying life to the full as much as you can. For God is good, yes, God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. Listen, those who go down to the sea in ships, who do business on great waters, they shall see the works of the Lord, and his wonders in the deep. Psalm 107, verse 23 and 24. Hi, it's Victor Robert Farrell here. Support us today by getting your latest copy of Night Whispers from nightwhispers.com. That's nightwhispers.com.